Hello and welcome to the Christian Women in Business podcast show. We are an online community of Christian women in business and we are aligning our businesses with God. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Neeson, and I wanted to create a platform where women can come to be inspired, to learn from women who have been there and done that, and know what it's really like to run a business as a Christian and what it means to them. I would love for you to join us as we get into the meat of the word share the love of God, and grow our businesses like never before. For more information about becoming a member, visit our website, www.christianwomeninbusiness.com.au. Looking forward to sharing these podcasts with you and helping you to grow as a leader and a business owner like never before. Hey guys, it is SJ here, founder of Christian Women in Business, and here we are today doing our live Q&A. It's so wonderful to have you here. I'm excited. We've got some awesome questions. I am just going to arrange my screen a little better. And yes, I'm so glad that you are here today to join us. If you're listening to the podcast after this, live video welcome to the podcast show it's so great to have you here if you're watching the video once it's been recorded i'm happy that you are here too so we have got some really good questions today hopefully i can get through them all for you um good morning rayleigh i hope you're well um and hopefully i can answer some burning questions that you guys have um thank you for all those that have asked questions thanks to those who have sent in questions it's just a privilege to be able to answer them for you um podcast listeners if you've got any questions and you want to send them in after this video all you need to do is email hello at christianwomeninbusiness.com.au or send us a message on facebook and we will note your question down so one of the most popular questions we'll get right into it is uh, that we receive all the time is do you have a business social in my area Uh, which is kind of a roundabout question to business but i think it's really important for me to explain how our business socials work so if you want to join one or be part of one you can and you know what it's about so basically unless you see your location or your area on our events page or on the podcast then the answer is generally no not yet we don't have one in your area and the reason being is to make a business social work effectively we need more than four people in a specific area um, to kind of get the interaction that we need Um, and those people need to be members um, of cwib and then um, another part of that is they're actually ran by volunteers so people and women who are amazing who are a part of our business socials that have said yep i'm happy to run a business social in my area if we've got enough girls around to make that happen Um, and we need volunteers because basically i can't spread myself everywhere in one month and be at all these different locations so we need more than four people and we need a leader a volunteer leader to step up in that area and we have Um, a kind of leadership program if we like where um, we want to support our leaders and grow you as well Um, so we're supporting on both sides you're getting support and you're supporting us Um, so uh, I have a question for you and that is would you be willing to be part of CWIB 
And are you willing to step up to become a business social leader who can commit to um, organizing business socials once a month in your area? And so that would mean just finding a place to have coffee or if you have an area or uh, you're happy for people to come to your house, you can do that. We've got a mixed variety of in-house and in-cafe meetups. Um, and if we are looking for leaders all the time um, and as a leader, the qualities that we're looking in people as we're asking people to be leaders is a willingness to serve because the business socials aren't about you. They're about the people who are there and that you can serve them. Um, they are about, you must be committed to our vision and mission of the business socials and to attend the business socials. You do need to be apart from the first one. If you want to come and try one out after that, you need to become a member and you only need to be signed up and be a sisterhood member. So you don't have to be an enriched member. Um, you can be a sisterhood member to become a leader. And basically the heart behind our business meetups is um, to create environments where women can come and share their journey of business face to face. Um, and we want to unite women together in the flesh so we can encourage and support one another. Um, and so a part of that is we're actually, they're not going to look like this. This is just um, one that I've proof. We're putting together business social booklets. So in these booklets, um, they're going to be A5. So they kind of fit with a normal size Bible. So they're going to be about this size, which is A5. Um, and you can fit them in your bag everything you learn in one place. So we'll have our welcome letter. There's going to be a place to put contacts and the people that you've met in the business socials. And then basically there will be um, uh, social notes for each meetup. So in that um, is the date, the topic of the business social, because with each business social, we have a topic. Okay. So um, it might be marketing, it might be self-development goals. Um, we try and do a variety of different topics to chat about. Um, and we'll try and get better at sharing the topics before the business social. So there's a place for you to write down any questions you have about the topic that you want to bring up with the group. There's ideas or things I learned as you're at the meetup or at the business social. So you can write them down because often when you start talking to people about things, that's when ideas come and ideas are the best um, thing you can get while being a business owner. How can we do things better? Then we've got Bible verse shared. So if there's a Bible verse that we've gone over in the business social, um, you can write it down and go back in your own God time to read over it and to ponder on it. There's prayer points, praise points, sorry, prayer points and then answered prayers because as part of our business socials we do love to prayer if it's in an in a comfortable environment um or if we don't feel we can write feel like we can pray and if we're in a place of public we write the prayer points down and we can each go away and pray for them and what we've found is prayers are being answered and so we've created a section at the very bottom to go what prayers have been answered because as people have been um praying for one another in the business socials for their businesses, prayers are being answered, which is great. So we want to acknowledge the prayers that have been answered. And then the next uh, business meetup date, time and location. So you know where you're going next. So um, that's a little bit about our business socials. These business social booklets are going to go out to all the members that um, do attend business socials and to new members who will be in an area that um, have business socials as well. So that's a little bit about our business socials. If you're keen um, to become a leader um, and you're already a member, send me a message or send Michelle Woodzaka a message 
um, or tag us as a, in a post in the Facebook community. If you're not a member and you'd like to become um, a leader, then we just politely ask intakes are opening in a couple of weeks' time in April, the beginning of April. So pop your application in to become a member, become a member, and then just let one of us know that you're willing to become a business social leader. Um, and we can get in contact with you, we can tell you more about the expectations of that um, and our serving program. And um, yeah, that's basically it. So that's one of the biggest questions we have. Nancy Carter, I'm interested with this and would like to be part of it. God bless. Awesome, Nancy. So if you'd like to be a part of it, pop your application in. All you need to do is become a sisterhood member, which is um, the lowest member. And um, we, we just ask that you try and attend at least one, if you can, to get a feel for them. Um, but if you can't, then we can train you and go through that. We've got videos and a training program. So that's my first question answered. Goodo. Next question was from Jan Morris. Hey, Jan, if you're listening to this. Uh, what books are you using on the table behind you, the bad boys, to help me study <clears throat> the word of God while I read my Bible? So I've brought them over here next to me so I can show you. So um, when I read my Bible, I have my Bible. So that um, is, so I generally go for a physical Bible NIV. Um, I guess personally, I just find that easiest to read. But then on my phone or and on my iPad, I have um, King James. Um, I have the Young's version uh, because they're almost direct translations of the Bible, right? Um, so then as I'm reading a passage, for example, I might read um, Galatians 1. Um, I'd read that verse and then, okay, so then I might read it then in NIV and then I'll read it in the other versions because often things get lost in translation and that's um, what I'm going to go on to next with the other two books that I use but these are just the different Bibles if you like that I use um, and this aqua one is the one where I do all my scribbling in underline um, I use pencil <laughs> in this one I can't think to use pen in it um, but this is where I kind of write my notes and then what is important about how Bibles are translated is um, in the Greek and Hebrew there are a lot more words and a lot of different words and in the English language we might only have one word that would suit all the different words in Greek or Hebrew. So a mentor of mine um, as I was starting to get into the Word of God and <clears throat> I was start, starting to want to know more about the words that are being used because I'm reading it and I'm going, hang on, there's got to be another meaning to this and from the Holy Spirit's prompting because as you get into the Word, you'll find that um, your eyes will start to be opened, your ears will start to be opened and you'll be, the Holy Spirit will guide you. That's his job is to guide you into knowing the words of God and retaining them and to teach you. And so out of my curiosity, I started wanting to learn about the words and understand the words, where did the words come from, what do they mean? Because even though, for example, um, it, the, a word might say poor, okay, and that's an, English, like, that's an English word, poor, but what we might see as poor is someone who doesn't have any money, um, can't feed themselves, um, that kind of poor but then when you actually go and translate it in the hebrew or the greek you'll find that that poor word actually means something else and so it gives it 
the story of the Bible and the contents that it's coming from a completely different meaning. And it takes you to the truth of where that words come from. So um, the two bad boys that I use are first is this one. And I think they're on Google, but man, I just love a good book. So this is the interlinear Bible and this has Hebrew, Greek and English. And then, Oh, I'm running out of room. Hang on. Let's make the room. Okay. And then we have the concordance, which I use. Like these books probably weigh, I don't know, three to five kilos. They're pretty big books, um, but they're really, really awesome. So just a quick explanation of what they are. So the interlinear is the Bible. Um, I don't know if you can quite see that. So this is actually the Bible and um, we're in Proverbs is where I've just opened up. So you'll find that it has um, Hebrew written. And just so you know, if you're going to get one of these bad boys, Hebrew reads from right to left. Greek reads from left to right. Okay. So when you read in Hebrew, you need to read from right to left. So I don't know Hebrew. Um, and I can't read or speak it. So below it, it's got the English word for it. And then above it, it's got a number. I don't know if you can see that tiny number. So when you're reading the Bible, say I'm reading it in my normal Bible, and then I'll read a section, or I might choose just to have them both open at the same time. So for example, um, I might be reading one Proverbs chapter, chapter three. Um, and then on in the fifth verse, there's Jehovah. So above Jehovah, there is a number, and that number is 3,068. So I write that number down, and then I might be wanted to know what that word means in Greek or uh, in Hebrew. Old Testament is Hebrew, New Testament is Greek. So then I go over to my concordance, which is this one. Um, and I go all the way to the back. Um, it's like the back two sections and there's a section for all the Hebrew words and there's a section for all the Greek words. So dictionary of Hebrew and aromatic words. And so I then go and find, cause it's the old Testament and it's in Hebrew. I go to the Hebrew section and I look for the number 3068. So I'll do that now. 3,068. And so the Jehovah um, in here is the Hebrew self-existent or eternal Jehovah, Jewish national name of God, Jehovah the Lord. And then it's given me some comparisons. So that's telling me that in that section of the Bible, that Jehovah actually means Jehovah. Okay, so it is um, the name of God. And so there's other, like there's heaps of different words in there. Um, it just takes you back and then also in the Greek as well. So if you're um, trying to decipher one of Jesus's um, parables and you might see a word in there and go, okay, what does this parable mean? So I'll first go to my interlinear um, and I'll read the verse um, in Greek. So, um, so this is what Greek looks like in it. 
and if you can actually see that. Um, and again, it's left to right, and I'll be going, okay, so what does this mean? And I'll actually look up the words. I'll go between the three and go, okay, so this is what it's actually physically translated as, so for word to word. So the interlinear Bible might not make sense because it is literal a literal translation, and then I'll go, okay, so what do these words mean in Greek, um, and where does that Greek word come from? And that gives you a definite translation of what it is you're reading about and what it is you're learning and by doing this you'll completely open up your eyes and context into what the bible's written where jesus is coming from where paul was coming from um and sorry apostle paul and jesus christ um and just give you a deeper understanding of what it means and you'll find your eyes will just be opened and your mind will be blown because how you might have been taught something in a church or from a program or something and then you go and read it through this process you'll be like oh my gosh that is totally not what this verse or this story was meant to purvey um and you'll begin to see the truth it's kind of getting to the true truth <laughs> of the bible in your study time so when i say i spend my time my god time on a friday morning um and i love getting into the word of god this is literally what I am doing. So as I was going through the book of Luke, which I studied last year, it took me nine to 10, maybe 11 months to study it. Um, and this is why, because I wanted to get to the truth. I wanted to understand the language. And then as I'm doing that in my business, I'm able to do better because I've got a fully understanding of what the truth is, where it is, how the kingdom works, how the Holy Spirit works, how Jesus works, how God works. Um, and I can better. I can be a, a. I can be a better person. We're always like not perfect, but it just enables my mind to be open to seeing the Father's heart. Is probably the best way to put it, and understanding the Father. In the Old Testament, there was only a few people who had access to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and God's Spirit. But now we all have access to that. So this is a great way to get to know the Father's heart. Um, it's not to be religious. It's not to go, you must do this, 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 and this. It's purely a way of getting to know the Father's heart and how his kingdom works for them to me to be able to apply that in my business and in my life. Um, so I hope that answers your question, Jan, um, and what my bad boys are. These are my bad boys. All right. And then the next question, these are all God questions today, which is good. We like a mixture of both. Um, I think the last couple of times have been really businessy, you know, marketing and stuff. So this is God questions today. So, um, hi ladies. I've always struggled with the concept of working from a place of rest, no matter how it is explained. I can't wrap my head around it. God has been challenging me to do it, but I don't know how, because I'm a practical sort of woman. I need practical explanations. Can you help me? How do you personally work from a place of rest? And what does that actually look like? Thank you. Karma Houston. So that is a great, great question and completely flows into what we were just talking about, which is awesome. So being, so kind of being in a place of rest with God in a practical sense for me, literally means to do that. So it, we all kind of need the rest in the way that, you know, we've had a busy day, you then need to go and sit and rest. You then need to go and have sleep. 
to rest um, and re-energize and get ready for the next day. So that's kind of the actual physical kind of rest, right? Then there's resting in God, which is different. So if you can spend your time uh, reading through and Kama, I know you sent me another uh, revelation you had the other day. So I think you're getting it and I think you're getting there, which is fantastic. The more you understand the word uh, by using the tools that I've shown you and the more you get into the Bible, the more you will know how to physically rest in God. And without me telling you that you should do this, you should do that, you should be doing this, like there's heaps of shoulds in the world, right? But if you personally want to get into that rest of God, fully understand what that means, um, read in the word, getting to know the Father's heart and understanding his kingdom will bring you into that place of rest. And what that rest is, is... <laughs> You go about your business and you, you do what God's asked you to do, but you know you don't need to stress. That's being in a place of rest with God. So that means that we're coming up to intakes in a couple of times. Okay, so God originally told me to um, encourage women and support them. We, he, he showed me how to do it. So by setting up a membership, um, and uniting women together. And then um, he gave me a marketing plan, which was to do the intake process. So opening up for intakes once a quarter, um, opening up our doors and then closing, nourishing the women in that particular season, and then opening the doors up again, allowing more women to come in, nurture them in that season. So encouraging them, supporting them as they grow in their businesses, and all that kind of stuff. So me practically resting in God in this situation means that I do the steps. It doesn't mean I sit back and do nothing. It means we do the podcasts, we do the Facebook lives like we are, as long as they're in line with what God's told us to do. Um, we put out that we're having intakes and then I just rest in God knowing that he's going to do the other stuff. So he's going to find the women who need to come into the membership. He's going to find um, them in their right season at the right time for them to bring them in so that we can encourage and nourish them. Um, and I don't worry about that side. So I go, okay, God, these are the bills we need to pay. This is the stuff we are needing to run it. Um, sometimes you have to negotiate in that. But overall, it's been in that place of rest that I'm doing what I can and then I'm letting God do that super stuff, the supernatural stuff. Another way of looking at how God's rest works is we had our conference um, in February. I'm trying to think what month we're in. We're in February. So from I knew that basically from December to February, I had to let some other things go for that season and especially so I finished a lot of the work in December and then um, I actually had physical rest over Christmas and over the school ho summer holidays and then through January and February um, so I run the automation girl on the side which is a service-based business I knew that in that time I needed to put my efforts and my resources and my capacity into the conference 
So I still did like the podcast. We still had our social media posts and things like that. But my other work, I knew that I didn't have time to focus on. So I didn't put any marketing into it or anything like that. I just trusted, even when though I made mistakes as well, that God would cover what we needed. That's been in that place of rest. So God, I'm putting my resources into this. I'm not going to go into burnout. So I'm going to say no to some other stuff for now and put it on the bookshelf, as we like to say, and then focus on what it is you've asked me to do in this season, which was the conference. And so the automation girl um, went quiet. Um, uh, I still was provided for and resourced for, um, but I put everything into the conference and the conference went well. It was awesome. I had a great time. I don't know how everyone else went. I hope they had a great time, but God was good for that weekend. And then as soon as we had conference and then as soon as we'd had intakes, then I didn't even start marketing yet, but people started to book in for the automation girl again and the client started coming in and I was starting to book work in. So that is physically being in a place of rest with God, knowing that for this season, I'm going to put my efforts into this and trust that God has got the rest. And at the right time, when I'm ready to pick some up something else, which was after intakes, God would provide the clients that I needed for the next amount of resources that I needed in my life and for others. And that happened and he did. And so that is being in a restful place for God. And as you, I've come to this place and I am continually learning. I've not got it all worked out. This is just from my experience and the journey that God's taken me on. I now know that because of what the word says and understanding God's kingdom and understanding he doesn't give you more than what you're capable of doing. You're just taking on extra to what he's asked you to do. So if I trust in God, I don't take on the extras. I don't stress about them. I just trust that God's got me. He said he's going to provide for me more than the birds, more than the flowers, more than anything in this world because I'm his daughter. He tells me he's going to give me rest, um, like being under the shadow of his wings. And he's told me that he will provide, he will give me rest, and that I only need to do what he's asked me to do. If I work within that sphere, that is working in the rest and the sphere of God in my business and in my life as well. You might be taking on, as women, I feel like we feel like we need to please people and we feel like we need to be everything to everyone. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you need to be everything to everyone. God hasn't asked you to be everything to everyone. So if you're building a life of being a business owner, you might be a multi-potential light, which is what I've caught myself being is I need to do more, I need to be there for more people, I need to do more things, I need to keep my life as busy as possible. I've kind of come around the back circle and gone, actually, no, I don't need to please anyone. The only person I need to please is God. Am I doing what God's asked me to do and only that? Have I stopped pleasing people by doing all the extras and let them go? You can let and say no, let go and say no nicely. Um, but then you'll you'll come into that place of rest and it I can only describe it as a yes moment. That is the only way I can describe it, that you will just feel at peace. You won't feel overworked. You'll be able to rest at nighttime as well. So when you go to sleep, you will be able to rest. 
and you'll have good rest and you'll just feel so warm within your soul. You'll feel warm, you'll glow um, and you'll just be like, this is just where I'm meant to be. I guess um, another word to put it would be to feel complacent, not complacent, contempt. I am feeling contempt. I'm doing what God's asked me to do and that's all I need to do. And I'll do what I can do with my best within that. And I'll let God do the rest and bring his super to my natural. Um, and so that is uh, what working from a place of rest is to me. Um, and the more you get into his word with the tools that I've shown you, the more that you understand his kingdom, the more you'll feel comfortable in that space, the more you'll feel like you've surrendered, that you can trust and when everyone's in a panic or in stress and in anxiety around you this is the holy spirit thing that you hold on for dear life and go this is where god needs me to be if the whole of the world's stressing let them do that but for me right now i'm holding on to the holy spirit and holding on to what he's taught me and i'm going to try and be in that place of rest and as soon as you step out of it man you know about it everything will become hard work you'll feel stressed in yourself, you'll feel empty, uh, you'll feel like you don't have capacity, that's when you've stepped out of that grace. But when you're in it, it's like literally you are in the Garden of Eden and you just have that complete trust and know that God's got this, I'm just gonna rest in this. If I need to take a day off, I'm trusting God that he'll take care of my business while I have that day off. If I need to go and do a school activity, I know that I can go and do that school activity with my kids knowing that God's got my business. And that's you not then working at full capacity, trying to stress out. You're like, I'm going to go to this. God's got that. God, you've given me kids. I want to look after them. Look after my business while I go and do this. And that's how the kingdom works. And you'll also find that that's when the resources start coming in from the most unexpected places right clients will come in unexpectedly things will happen unexpectedly and you'll be like that is can only be a testimony to share the glory of god like that those are the stories and in april we're going to be doing a, a bible study challenge within our membership um so if you're thinking about becoming a member this will be open to you we did it outside of the membership last year this time we're doing it in but we're going to be starting the topic of learning about supernatural business and kingdom business and what that means and how it doesn't work like how it works in an earthly worldly way that God will move mountains. And he's done nothing but this past year, but opened up my eyes and confirmed to me how much more different kingdom and supernatural business is compared to how the world you know in i think it's in corinthians paul the apostle paul says that you know don't trust the wisdom of the world trust the wisdom of god it's his window his wisdom that is what we need to learn and i cannot wait to do this bible study challenge to start teaching this and start unraveling it uh, well no i won't be teaching i'll be hosting the holy spirit will teach this and uh, just that we can create a platform for him to use me and to use the membership in a way that will help open up women's eyes to this way of doing business because he's going to be using business owners in a way like never before that's going to be 
bringing him glory. It's going to be shown how the kingdom of God works. It's not going to be through what we know or, or kind of Bible bashing people, if you like. It is literally going to be through miracles working in businesses. And that's why he set up CWIB. That's why he's using the marketplace because it's unexpected. We're not working within a church. We're actually working out of a, like a physical church. We're out in the marketplace. We're meeting people. And as we're seeing these miracles happen, that will be the stories that we can share to show and glorify the amazing power of God and Jesus Christ. And it's just awesome. This is an awesome time to be in and we're in it. And I just cannot wait to start hearing the stories of how God's working and how the Holy Spirit's bringing all these things to life and that we're seeing people come to the kingdom because of it. Um, I went off on a complete tangent then, but it's an exciting time. So if you're interested in being involved in this Bible study, if you're looking to draw close to God and the Holy Spirit, learning God's kingdom and how that works in business, I'd love to invite you to become a member. Intakes are opening in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and we'll be doing that within our membership. Otherwise, I hope that you've enjoyed this live Q&A. If you've got any questions, pop them in the comments, send them to our Facebook page, message thingo, email to us, um, and I'd love to answer the questions for you. And I hope that you have a blessed day. I'm SJ, and this is Christian Women in Business. I will catch you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye for now. Sarah Jane here. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'd love it if you could please share this podcast with your friends. Please rate our podcast on iTunes. And for more information about becoming a member of Christian Women in Business, head over to our website, www.christianwomeninbusiness.com.au. Catch you next time.